A few months ago, if someone had said, you know, you're soon going to be at home all the time with your children and, oh, they aren't going to be going to school and you're going to be their teacher and you're going to be in this really unique world, you would have thought they were crazy. And yet here we are. So on this episode of Basecamp Live, we turn our focus to this very real question of how do we move from just surviving through this to actually thriving? And I can't think of a better person to ask to help us through this process than our own Keith McCurdy, who gives us practical guidance for life together in this new world. Stay tuned for this very special episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Well, welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens on the line with Keith McCurdy. How are you, Keith? Hey, doing great. Hope you are. I'm doing well. This is, uh, I've heard the word unprecedented about uh, five times every hour these days, uh, about the <laughs> moment in time that we're in. It's unprecedented. Uh, yep. We, I, I hear that in my office all day. I'm sure you do. And, and I can't, there's there's certain businesses right now, I think toilet paper manufacturers and counselors are probably doing really well business-wise. So you must be pretty slammed. A- absolutely. We're slammed both in the office and folks wanting us to connect with uh, teletherapy, telehealth. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe we should race camps now teletherapy. That's what we're going to roll this thing into. So uh, <laughs> there you go. But in all seriousness, folks, uh, I think I want to believe most people who've been around base camp for all know of Keith McCurdy, um, great friend and partner. And I can't think of anybody better to get on the phone uh, these days than you, Keith. I mean, with your um, 30, always, your statistics keep moving up, but you know, 30 years of, of working uh, in the world of uh, Christian counseling and family therapy and, um, what was it? Ten thousand young people in the last. What was the time frame you've 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 been in front of? I mean, you've got your uh, ear to the ground. Yeah, yeah, about ten thousand. I've been in front of about ten thousand teenagers in the last year and a half to two years. That's enough to cause you to go to therapy. And that's right. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, these are, um, you know, I, I think the the challenge in front of us immediately. And I've thought about this. I mean, here, base camp's entire objective is to try to come alongside primarily parents, but families. And as we raise the next generation, climb up Mount Everest, well, I think we just had an avalanche. And uh, right now parents are going, oh my gosh, um, everything is upside down. And I've got kids in my home, I think, and I I don't remember the average statistic and the number of minutes parents were spending in meaningful conversation with their kids and quality time. And now all of a sudden they're there all the time. This is like, you know, the uh, spring break that will never end. And people are saying two weeks, but this could be months. So um, Keith, what are you seeing as far as what realities are families running into right now? Yeah, you know, my I've been inundated in the last week with uh, patients coming in saying, how on earth do we survive this? Uh, with the kids being home and, and doing their education online. I had one mom that actually came in. She was the funniest. She said, I was praying for a way to have more time with my children, but this is not <laughs> what I meant. It's all her fault. There so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. so no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting parents that are coming in really saying, you know, this has totally changed the structure of our family yeah, and, and the function of our family. And we want to make sure I, I've got two crowds. The first crowd that says, how will we survive? And then the other crowd that says, how do we use this? Yeah. How, how do we use this in the right way? Yeah, and I've been having conversation after conversation after conversation really to help families focus on that part of it. Well, it is an, it is a wonderful 
uh, the, you know, I think this thing, we look back on it historically, there's going to be lots of, for sure, uh, problems, inconveniences, very scary, fearful things, a lot of things that are just incredible blessings. And we're going to get into that. How do we turn this thing from um, uh, fear and challenge in, in our homes? I mean, we're all we're all in a new world today. And so we really, yeah, surviving is probably a pretty good way to frame it. So why don't we jump in, Keith, just talk a little bit about, you've got, I think, five things we're going to make make our way through here. Super practical. Sure. Um, these kids are now here all day long and, uh, the rules that governed our homes maybe need to be tweaked up a bit to make, make home a, an excellent experience. So what are, what are some advice points of advice you might give to us? Yeah, no, I, uh, I kind of break it into five different categories. And the first one really is we've got to help parents, uh, figure out how they can capture the day, you know, rather than the day running their household and the, and the children running their household, but how they can capture it. And what I tell folks is you've got to create bookends. Uh, and the bookends of the day are really when we sleep and when we wake, you know, so realizing that now that our children are off, we can't treat this like, well, we shouldn't treat it like summer break. Summer break shouldn't even be treated like this, where the evening creeps, you know, it turns into we're doing movie nights every night or the kids are up till 10, 11, 12, one in the morning just because they want to be, yeah. you know, treating it like the, the, sl- the slumber party that doesn't end. You know, so we really need to bookend and, and take control of uh, w- when they go to sleep. Uh, and at the same time, we need to decide if we want our house to function and get anything yeah. accomplished during this time, we've got to have a time where we wake up. And I tell parents, you know, during the school year, typical school day, your child may have to get up at 7 a.m. Maybe that doesn't have to happen now. Maybe it's 8 o'clock or 8.30 or 9 o'clock and adjust bedtime accordingly. But start to create a clear pattern in your home of this is when we wake up, this is when we get started, and this is when we shut down at night. Yeah. And, and families that don't do that can't really accomplish much else. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think most of us at this moment and, you know, usually try to make base camp content, content pretty evergreen and here at any point, it'll be interesting a month from now or two months from now, we'll, you know, you, I have a feeling you and I are going to continue to have these conversations, but right now, you know, most schools have said, Hey, uh, we're going to use up our snow days and our spring break and we'll see you back, you know, in two weeks. Well, I can, I was right. on the phone this morning with a, various webinars of probably 25 different heads of schools, I can tell you that it, you're not going back to school. And so th- we're in here for the long haul. And so I think you're right. I think we're transitioning from, hey, yay, it's it's early spring break, watch the movie, stay up. But we're about to hit a new world and that's got to have routine right. and, and stru- structure to it. And um, yeah, I think, you know, I was actually, one of the calls we had was talking about how do we train teachers to actually have kind of st- structure and liturgy if I can use that word, even in a, in a virtual classroom. So, you know, it's not, oh, right. you know, it's like, Hey, let's, how do you formalize some structure? We need that. Right. So, right. I spoke to several teachers uh, in the last couple of days that are recording classroom videos and different things uh, just for that reason. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, yeah. that's huge. It's huge. That's huge. But I think to your point, you know, let's create some bookends on the day and have, and, and have, you know, structure. I mean, I, um, one head of school is actually, um, sending some of the other heads of schools a family schedule that um, you know I think needs to be put out there. And you can probably make up your own, but the idea is just he's giving literally a suggested home day school right. day. So oh yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's absolutely. And beautiful. it's actually freeing. And you know, blame it on the school. Sorry, kids, we got to you know. But uh, you know, you made a point before we started recording too, which is you know one of the things homeschoolers have discovered f- forever is that you know what is normally a seven hour school day is really potentially compressed into like three or four hours because you're able to, right. you know, get through the work itself and you're not changing classes and using right. time like that. So, well, number two is to start creating routines in your day. 
you know, routines that accomplish the basic tasks that really you, you need to have taken care of for your kids. So the first would be, you know, once they're up, you book into the day, they have a regular time to get up, uh, but you have a, a start point for school. And you don't really have to have an end point for school as long as you put it in a cause and effect order. You know, you start with school. Yeah. So they know, hey, after breakfast, we're getting on school. And then when school is finished, the next routine to put in is now we're all service to the family. We're all in this together. And there are things around here that we want to help them capture. In other words, we want our children to learn to be of service to something besides themselves. Yeah. And this is a wonderful opportunity we have to teach that. Once school and chores are done, then they have freedom. Then they can experience freedom in their day. And if you put it in that order, then it, it grabs all students. It grabs yeah. a student that needs more time. It grabs yeah. a student that's quicker. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter when they get done as long as they do this in that cause and effect yeah. process. Uh, and then the, and then following that, the, you know, I guess that was two and number three, really. Can I ask on number two? I mean, I, I'm oh, thinking yeah. about just, um, I've had the privilege over the years of going to Labrie Fellowship, Francis Schaefer's Labrie and, yeah. and, and England and Switzerland. And, you know, that's kind of a, you work half the day, you study half the day. When you wake up in the morning, there's literally a chart on the wall that says, hey, today you're going to be helping so-and-so in the kitchen and doing the garden thing. Right. And then, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it sounds very like grammar schoolish, but I mean, I'm wondering if that's not a bad idea for our family. It's just to come up with, hey, it's it's Wednesday today and you're going to do your school thing from nine to whenever. And we've got today we're going to be, you know, tackling this activity or chore or whatever. So it sounds like that would yeah, be. I, yeah, I tell parents all the time, would you rather have your family be, a family of order or a family of chaos. Yeah. And if you want it to be a family of order, then put the order in place. Yeah. And, and keep it simple, make it, make it, you know, set it up to where it accomplishes what you want to have accomplished. Uh, and for our kids right now, that would be school and then benefit to the home. Yep. And then the freedom comes after that. That makes sense. All right. Number three is. No, number three, really, I call it life exposure. Okay. And it's two categories. You know, we have a wonderful opportunity now because we have our children for a longer period of time. Although we're not, we, a lot of parents are not viewing it as a wonderful opportunity at this very moment, <laughs> but it really is. They have no extracurriculars and they're primarily homebound. Yeah. So life exposure is start weaving your children into the functioning of the home. You know, they're there now to participate in cooking breakfast. They're there to participate in preparing meals for dinner. They're there to actually operate the home. Mm -hmm. and, and so now's the time to say, this is part of who we are right now as a family. And a lot of children don't have any of that, expo that exposure in, in the busyness of today's world. And so now we have a beautiful opportunity to give them that ownership of yeah. life, of their own life. And the second part of life exposure, uh, I call it family projects. We have a wonderful time now to capture things as a family. I had a dad in my office just today uh, he had four boys and he said, you know, they're going to kill me. I don't know what to do with these guys. And I said, well, haven't you always wanted a fire pit in your backyard? And he said, yes, but what does that have to do with anything? I said, give them that as their project. <laughs> and his eyes lit up and he was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that would be awesome. So yep. they're every day when they're done doing their stuff, school and chores around the house. They're not digging a hole Love it, because they're going to build a fire. Well, and if that didn't and work, now they could... Yeah, I think a swimming pool would be perfect to build, you know, oh, there you 20 feet hole, deep. Right? <laughs> Keep digging, boys. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you yeah. know, now's the time families can take on projects together, take yeah. on activities together that usually they're saying we don't have the time for. Yeah, that's, well, and and, and again, shared joint projects. Um, I know we're going to- Are wonderful. Well, you know, and actually, we were talking about this at dinner last night with our family. It's just, 
the end i was explaining hey kids let me explain what you know wear and tear on the infrastructure is i mean the number of times that you're walking in out of that front door right now like we need to vacuum like daily or every other day like right. cleaning bathrooms i mean stuff that we've never done at such high volume is now a right. reality so right and that's the ownership of of the functioning of the home you know it's funny my son he he's in from college because his college is yeah is on, online right now yeah and and today he is building a gym in our garage there you go <laughs> Nice. So I'm not sure that I should be happy about that or, or realize yeah. I'm going to be sore for the next two weeks. I love it, Keith. No, I mean, there's so many. Yeah, the honeydew list is actually getting done around here and we're adding to it daily. Yeah. But I think that's, again, wonderful gift to have that time um, for sure. Um, well, let's get, let's um, let's maybe take a quick break. And before we do, I want to tee up something. We already had this in the works. Keith, you were out here. Um, here in my studio uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we recorded a number of McCurdy moments. So these are these are brand new, and we are already um, going to plan on uh, inserting these in every Basecamp episode uh, for the upcoming future. And I just didn't plan on you being back so fast. We're like, we got to get Keith on because of what's <laughs> going on. So McCurdy moment. What's a McCurdy moment, Keith? Since you can introduce your own McCurdy moment, what's what is this? What well, are we trying to accomplish uh, uh, in this thing? I think, well, number one, I think we're, we're trying to have a little bit of fun with them, that sounds uh, good. but yeah. hopefully, hopefully give little nuggets of useful information to parents, yep. uh, little pieces of strategy, technique, uh, basically tools yep. to fill a toolbox, different tools they can use and how they deal with different issues going on in their family and with their children. Yeah. And they're going to be one question and one answer. And I, we want to make this interactive. So uh, from this point forward, if you want to email just uh, our standard email info at basecamplive.com, a question for Keith, please do so. And we promise we will we will get to it. Um, we got a lot of them lined up right now, but we really do want to know what questions you have that uh, you like Keith to address. So with that in mind, let's jump to the very first McCurdy moment. We'll be right back after this. He's worked with families for more than 30 years as a licensed professional counselor and marriage family therapist. It's time for a quick encouragement on the best practices of raising the next generation. We call it a McCurdy moment. So Keith, why does it seem like there are so many marriages that really struggle, maybe even fall apart as soon as the kids graduate and leave the home? Is there a reason for that? Uh, you know, I think that's a that's such an issue I see in my office. I know that, you know, when when parents are done, in a sense, practically raising their kids, meaning they they leave home, they graduate from high school and go to college, uh, the marriages struggle hugely. And the thing that I often see is that parents, when they started having children, put the role of marriage on the shelf and gave their primary identity, you know, the name of being a parent rather than, than that being one of a handful of functions they serve as a married couple. And a lot of the work I end up having to do with them is looking at what does it really mean to be unified, unified as, as a married couple before you're a parent and making sure that you maintain that while yeah. you're raising your children. You know, are you actually carving out time and space for that marriage rather than we only participate in right. marital activities when we have the time? Because it seems like, you know, I think about David Allen, who's a time management guy. He always talks about we respond to the latest and the loudest. And that toddler who's screaming is the loudest. And, and it right. feels like the marriage is going to be around. But, right. So what do we do to actually attend to the marriage while we're dealing with the latest and the loudest with the kids? You, you know, there are three things that I recommend to families right off the bat. The first is uh, that we put a priority on time together. And if we put a priority on it, it means we're going to plan it. We're actually going to schedule it. It's going to hit a schedule. And then we're going to hold it sacred. 
And what that means is when something else comes along, unless it's an emergency, we don't change it. And the other part of holding it sacred is when we get to Saturday night, we've planned to go out and we're both tired because we've had a long week. Don't allow ourselves to say, you know what, why don't we just stay in? No, yeah. we need to go out and, and, and use that sacred time because that denotes this relationship has value. Yeah. And has value beyond our daily functioning. So so you're a fan of date nights, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't call it date night, though, because then I, I, I think sometimes folks get caught up in just that. I actually tell folks, you need to weave time together mm. daily. You need to weave some space together. Yeah. You need to have a time every day where you check in with one another. You need to have a time weekly where you're getting out and experiencing life together. It's not just going to dinner. It can be we spend time without our kids doing errands. We spend time without our kids just existing, going to the farmer's market, you know, different things to where we look like we're meant to be together. Love it. So, And, and I joke with parents all the time. I say, you know, think about dinner and taking your kids out. We didn't really have children's menus before the mid eighties. Mm. Yeah, that's yet, true. Yet yeah. today we think it's all about taking our children out. No, I, I tell uh, parents, I say, you guys, the married couple, you all need to go out and leave your children at home. So you can't take your wife to Chuck E. Cheese isn't enough of a date. Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Hey, thanks, Keith. Great advice. Got a question for Keith to answer on a future McCurdy moment? We'll send it to us at info at basecamplive.com and learn more about Keith McCurdy on the speaking page on the Basecamp Live website. Well, Keith, welcome back. We're tackling survival tips here. Um, let's jump back into number four and, and the idea that uh, our kids today, kind of the, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who said, you know, really, the, how do we use this? Is it a call for us as believers to... Um, maybe repentance or a call to just simply let's make sure we're, we're doubling down on our walk with the Lord. I mean, this, there's no excuse right now for not having time for that kind of thing. Right. Um, and yet at the same time, you got Disney saying, Hey, our new streaming service is going to be free right now. And it's almost like, right. you know, red box is two for one. Everybody's trying yeah, to, yeah. their idea of helping is to create more distraction. So yeah. we're up against what? even more difficult odds now with technology. Well, it, yeah. And that's number four. Number four is actually opposite of that. It's limit technology. You know, the the addictive nature of technology, the all-consuming nature of technology in the lives of our children is a hard enough battle anyway. Now it's going to be even harder because it is so easy now to get our children occupied with something technology-based. And when we are at our wits' end or just stressed out or just need space, it's going to be very easy to allow well beyond what we know is healthy or appropriate. Mm. And the problem with that is at some point there will be a day of reckoning. You know, we're, we're going to have to at some point readjust and and it's going to be hard and it's and it creates problems yeah. when there is too much reliance on technology with our children. Uh, and so really it's saying, you know, how can we take technology? And I actually have been challenging parents actually make it a smaller footprint than it already was in your home. Mm. You know, I have so many parents that say, you know, once once my child comes in in the afternoon, you know, before this, where we are right now, I'm letting them be on technology for four and five hours in the evening. Yeah. You know, and I would make the case that we, we have no information that tells us that's healthy. Right. And so really look at that use and say, how can we make it not more usage now, but even smaller than we're used to Yeah, and, and begin to pl- replace it with things of quality. You know, and, well, and again, as we're trying to, as much as we can emulate school life and home, the reality of the wonderful reality of classical Christian schools is that for the most part, we're, very much capable of barring that technology. I mean, you know, right. you know, 
depends on grade levels, shouldn't be in grammar school classrooms, kids, upper school have phones, they have sand lockers, whatever, whatever. But um, that's a big thing that we do is shape affections by not having that intrusion. So I think, again, kind of maybe basic, but maybe not. If we're going to, this is the double edge. You've got to do online school. So you've literally, you can't get away from the screen now to do school. Right. So how right. do you, right. it's not as clean and simple as maybe it used to be when you were at school, but I think it's a brilliant point. Let's, let's at least have that conversation and decide well, what it looks like. Yeah. We, we have more space and time right now to speak into the lives of our children than we've had in many years. Yeah. If we use it, if we use it, right. If we don't it's let a it gift. To be right. Right. If we don't let it, yeah. be polluted by technology. So right? let's, so on that note, let's get to number five. Cause number five, yeah. I think is, is it's not all dour, sour, you know, how many things can you say no to? This is also kind of a right. say yes season. So talk about number five. Right. Well, yeah, if we're going to limit technology, then what are we going to do with all the time? And, and this is number five and that's really now's the time to create or recreate fun traditions, healthy traditions in your family. I've had conversations for a week with folks about pulling out the old ping pong table, deciding they're going to have board game nights in the evenings. They're going to start hiking. That's, that's actually fine to do as long as you're not a massive group of yeah, people right, right now. That's right. Um, you know, but building in quality time and quality engagement with your family. Teach your kids how to play different card games. Yeah. You're going to have the time. You're going to have the space. And so you can actually begin to create in, in many ways uh, new identities in your family about who we are. We're people that learn how to play together. We learn how to enjoy each other's company. And yet the funny thing is many parents come in here and it sounds horrible to say it, but parents will agree with this. They don't always enjoy spending time with their children. Yeah. And yeah. I don't yeah. enjoy spending time with my parents. We have the ability by putting back into our families or maybe for the first time, fun activities, yeah. we can change that narrative. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. And I think some of these are simple things. I mean, we, we actually dusted off Uno last night. I mean, these oh, are, there you go. I mean, Uno is one a great example of it's not Catan or whatever that takes, you know, 14 hours to play and a dissertation to get through it. I mean, it's, it's just simple and it was, it's fun and it's silly. And, you know, again, if Catan's fine, if you want to play it too, but it's just, um, don't make it complicated and, uh, right. And think simple, think simple. And the truth is our kids love that. Like, wow, mom and dad are hanging out with us and doing these games. So it's, oh, that's right. It's really good. What are some yeah. other, any other kind of, uh, fun routines other than dig holes and, uh, what else do you got going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you the feedback I've already been getting from yeah. parents. Okay. What I've been getting from parents is we're dusting off old board games. We're learning how to play cards. We're learning how to build stuff yep. in our house. Yep. Uh, we're learning how to create new ways to use our home right now. A lot of kids are are getting their folks outside and, and teaching them how to shoot yeah. basketball yeah. or play soccer in the backyard rather than the parents always going and watching the children do this. Yeah. The parents are now participating in it in their own yard. Well, and, and so that, it's really just deciding we're going to enjoy things together. That's right. Well, and the obvious thing too are meal times because we don't eat oh, out absolutely. right now. So like right. we could actually, it's the slow cook movements coming. I mean, you could actually oh, bake yeah. a cake. <laughs> I, I had a mom tell me today, she said, we actually have had more meals together in the last week <laughs> than we have in the last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's that's true. Another part it's true. It. It's build a family tradition yeah. of we're going to sit and, and have a meal together. Yeah. You know, I think about it in, in scripture. What's the one event that celebrates relationship more than anything yeah, else? Breaking bread. Breaking bread together. Yeah. Right. Well, and you and, can actually we bake can the bread that, now. 
now you can bake the bread, <laughs> right? That goes back to uh, life exposure. I teach know. your children. Teach your children how to cook. I know it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, ask other- your children. Ask your children. What are your five favorite things you like to eat? Well, guess what? You're going to learn how to cook them. Yeah, and it's not just that that appliance other than the is there other than the microwave in the kitchen there are other things that are in there that you could use for stuff absolutely so, so okay let me kind of wind it down a serious question to ask i mean there is uh there is a, a real understanding of, of fear um and it's super hard to know from one minute to the next what you know what is this thing we're confronting and how long does it last and how serious is it going to be et cetera et cetera et cetera um, give us some practical advice i mean we we don't want to have our head in the sands we also don't want to be out there at the whim of the latest news yeah. lead. And it's in particular um, for our kids. I mean, what do we need to do to both keep them informed but not overwhelm them? What does that look like? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's a great question. A question I've gotten a lot in the last week is how do I, how do I help my children not be scared half to death of this? That's a great question. I mean, really a pra- practical question from a parent. Um, and, and, I, and I tell them two things. Number one, the five things we just covered create stability in your home. And when we create stability in our home, our children understand that and see it as a sacred space. And I think that, you know, that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a sacred space within the home. And that begins with creating order and stability. And the first and the five things we talked about begin to do that. The second thing is turn off the TV, turn off social media. We do not need to hear all of the doomsayers that really don't know what they're talking about. Everyone is guessing at what may or may not happen. And we're replaying it 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, and that is a realm that our children, there's no purpose in them absorbing that. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is really ask a simple question. What can I truly control and what can I not control? Mm -hmm. Because most of the things that we fear, most anxiety uh, that we experience are really about things we cannot truly control. Yeah. And, and, and turn your focus to, you know, what can I control or, or maybe what can I influence? Yeah. I really can't influence what's going on very much outside the doors of my family. So let my focus be making this a quality environment, making it a quality experience to reconnect. When we do that, our children, they base their functioning on the stability they're feeling in that sacred space. Mm. And it just keeps the irrational fear and the irrational concern out. That's really good, Keith. That's really good. Um, you know, I was thinking about a, a verse that I actually have here on the wall that I put up a couple of days ago, Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs mm. forth. Do you not perceive it? Um, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers and the desert. And it just kind of hit me that um, God's doing a new thing. And it, it's something yeah. that, yeah, it's scary stuff, but there's some new things. We've talked a lot in this episode just about some of the positive things that we could have never dreamed of in terms of time with our kids and ways to lean it, lean in on it. Um, and it is through the wet wilderness and the desert and we don't know, yeah. but, uh, you know, God yeah. is on the throne and there, there's, we're, if, if there's any, if there's ever a time to be a believing person in Christ, this is the time in terms of our hope. So we're just going to yeah. lean well, on Well, it's that. interesting, you know, it, God's creation has been disrupted and yet God is constantly promising us, I'm going to give you a path and I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the stream. I'm going to give you yeah, the path. He's yeah. always there to give us the opportunity in the moment of struggle. Yeah, that's so true. Well, Keith, thanks for being on with us again today. We'll definitely be checking back with you. We'll kind of see Absolutely. as, as, uh, as, as I think so much of weathering this is both practical solutions and just encouragement emotionally and spiritually going through it. So thank you for being here for us and thanks for all you're doing um, well, to thank you be very in the lives much. of so many people. And if people want to 
uh, get in touch with you again. If you have a McCurdy moment question, just email us uh, info at basecamplive.com. I'll forward all that on to Keith or just a question for him. And even something if we need to, we're saying over the break, you know, we'll, you know, even do more than one podcast a week if we need to, to kind of jump sure. in on topics that might be helpful. So it'd be good to know kind of what are you thinking about out there in this unique situation that we could maybe address when it comes to this intersection of our kids' uh, faith and their and their education and, and parenting. So it's an important moment to be in. Keith, thanks so much for being a part of this. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of Basecamp Live. You know, the vision of this podcast is that it's meant to be a conversation. And I do a lot of the talking, but I would love to hear from you because I know that these episodes are inspiring to parents and teachers and really anyone who is interested in investing in the next generation. So I want to invite you right now to email info at basecamplive.com. Let me know where you're listening from. Let me know any thoughts or comments you have. And I do want to say a special welcome to our many international subscribers who are all over the world. If you're not following us on social media, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and sign up for our newsletter at BasecampLive.com. I'm also traveling and visiting schools all around the country now, consulting, training, and connecting. Let me know where you are. I'd love to visit and bring the Basecamp Roadshow to your school. Blessings to you, and thanks for listening.